Thanks for joining us today for TED Speaks with your host, Ted Carew, the Positive Safety Coach. As co-host and Ted's wife, I have the added task of keeping Ted in line and laughing at his jokes, which isn't always easy. My name is Barb Carew. We are coming to you from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, home of the Brewers, Miller Beer, and the Fonz. How could it get any better than that? Our podcast focuses on sharing ideas with business owners and safety professionals to keep employees safe and families together. Our passion for keeping people safe is the reason Total Health and Safety Solutions was created. This is how Ted is able to share his 25 years of safety experience by supporting companies around the globe in their efforts to strengthen their health and safety process. Proper training is the key to giving people the knowledge and tools to be successful. However, managing safety training can be overwhelming and time-consuming. Over 80% of injuries are human error. 81% of safety managers say that breaking workers free from their task is a major problem. Total Health and Safety Solutions now offers online training that will provide excellent content to your employees and make scheduling time much easier. It's important to ensure your safety training is meeting regulatory requirements, measurable, retained, and verifiable. We want to help you make safety training easy and effective, alleviating the worry, wondering if workers are being trained properly so they can perform tasks safely. Our online training, TED-Ed, gives many options to meet your specific needs and is offered in multiple languages. It's as easy as one, two, three. Go to our website at healthandsafetynow.com, click on TED-Ed in the top right corner, pick a topic, click start, and create your own account. It's that simple. With our online training, you will have greater accountability, the ability to verify training, flexibility of scheduling, improved retention, no worries with language barriers, and more time to focus on other safety needs. If proper training isn't done, injuries will continue and OSHA issues will arise. So please check out our online training. Again, it's as easy as one, two, three. Go to healthandsafetynow.com. Please join us in welcoming Jasmine San Nicolas. Jasmine has been working in recruitment for over six years, specifically in the EHS field for three years with Shirley Parsons. The industries she focuses on include higher education institutions, EHS consultants, and manufacturing organizations. Jasmine is passionate about recruitment because it is rewarding to help people in need find the right career opportunity. She is also passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion, something that is important in every field, but especially EHS. Jasmine lives in downtown L.A., has two Bengal cats, and dances flamenco on the weekends. Hey, Jasmine, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I am great. Thanks for being on TED Speaks today and learning more about you. Uh, Could you kind of give our uh, audience a little bit of background about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I work with Shirley Parsons as a senior talent consultant, and uh, that's just a fancy way of saying that I'm a recruiter for them. (laughs) Uh, Shirley Shirley Parsons is uh, the leading global uh, recruitment firm and consultancy firm for anything environmental, health, safety, and sustainability related. So I have been with them for three years. My sector that I focus on is working with different EHS consultancies, different higher education institutions, and 
manufacturing companies. So those are where my clients lie, but us as a company really, really cover the entire gamut in any industry you can think of. That sounds like it would be very challenging, but interesting just working with a variety of people and trying to find, you know, a good fit for them, which benefits, you know, both parties. It sounds, it sounds like it would be, like I said, challenging, but kind of fun. Definitely. I mean, the industry is very small, as I'm sure you both know. Uh, So a lot of people know each other. But the fun thing about that is, you know, most people, they have the same bottom line. They want people to get home safe. They want to help save the environment. So with that just being the work that they do every single day, it kind of leads to everyone having a really good personality and wanting to share referrals. So it's quite different from general recruitment or say like financing of an accounting recruitment, which could be a bit cutthroat. You know, it's not like that. It's not like IT recruitment. So it is challenging, but it's also very rewarding. Well, kind of uh, one question that we wanted to get started with and, you know, in today's world, we might know the answer, but in the world you're working with, as far as current campaigns, candidate climate. Are there more jobs or more candidates right now in what area you're working, you know, with? Yeah, so there are definitely more jobs and then there are qualified candidates. We've kind of seen that as a trend since 2020, really. It was interesting for us in our industry that following the onsite of the pandemic, we had the highest number of job requisitions really in the history of my company. That was because a lot of companies finally realized that they needed to put safety on the forefront and Mm -hmm. a lot of companies did not have that internally. Uh, So that kind of really brought to light um, all the jobs that were open and the number amount of qualified candidates not being there. And we have seen that trend stay steady. I'm sure you heard in other industries, there was a September surge. We've been experiencing that as well. You know, and it also seems, at least around us here in the Wisconsin area, that there's a lot of people that are jumping jobs, you know, going from one manufacturer to another construction company or whatever it may be. I've seen a lot of that, especially in safety, it seems like that we're learning a lot about in our area. Is that, do you see that as a trend nationwide? Absolutely. And I think that was another thing that came off the uh, start of the pandemic is, Other companies offering flexible work hours, offering remote hours. When your employer doesn't offer that, you can definitely find another job that does. So people have been hopping around for that reason. And even something that's kind of wild that I've never seen in my five years of recruitment is people taking offers, signing letters, and then pulling out maybe one or two days before. So you're not competing just with your current employer, but maybe three other employers that are trying to hire the same person. And, you know, at the end, it's really a candidate market. Challenge, 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 right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I was going to say, I think, you know, even before the pandemic, we've seen changes in the work environment as far as like years back when our parents, you know, worked for a company for 40 years, got a pension and all of that. Like that's been kind of, you know, yeah. gone for a while. But even with the the pandemic, I just feel like people just aren't wor- worried really about sticking tight. And, you know, I don't want to say not committing, you know, committing while they're there, but yeah. they kind of look at their life, what's a good fit. And they move if they're able to. And I, it's just a very different world than years ago. So it's very interesting. But I would also say, Jasmine, and you'd be the expert on this, but like in construction, you know, you have those people that are going to projects for a year, two years, somewhere 
uh, yeah. across the country from where they live. Now they're not as willing to do that as they used to be either after that, are they? Absolutely. That's it. You know, either they want a higher per diem or they want a shorter contract. They want, you know, before there was long-term indefinite contracts. Now they really want that indefinite defined and, you know, how much do they actually have to commit to the opportunity? So yeah, that's something that we've seen as well. And also just people... I mean, it's not a bad thing, honestly, but employees are realizing that they can demand more from either their current employer or future employers. And um, they're really sticking to that, which, you know, to your point, if they can better their life and their career, then it's it shouldn't be a bad thing that they're moving around. Yeah, that's true. Just a totally different mindset from years ago. And I think this is kind of what what will kind of stick, I, I'm assuming. So Yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's going anywhere. I mean, I think this is just kind of the way, not just in safety, but really in just about every career. Yeah. I have another question in relation to that. I don't know if you would know the answer, but, you know, as far as having more jobs to fill than candidates, and when you say qualified candidates, obviously people that, you know, have some experience. Do, do you know what the, I guess, enrollment rate is for students going into the safety fields? I mean, I know a lot of those safety positions are filled by people who didn't go to school for safety, but do yeah. we know what that kind of enrollment looks like for the universities and colleges? That's an excellent question. Yes, I do not know exact uh, data on that. I but I was just at the JTS um, symposium in Southern California last week, and I was speaking to some of our partners from UCLA there, and they were letting us know that they have an incoming class of industrial hygienists that are to graduate in 2024, and this class is triple the size of uh, their biggest class they've ever seen. So that is a positive news that you know the workforce is growing, but I think that's definitely an area that. I would like to explore more is how do we reach out to kids even in high school, not even just college, to let them yes. know of this career path. Because certainly it's not something that I knew about while I was in school. And honestly, before I joined Shirley Parsons, it wasn't something I was aware of. <laughs> what do you mean? Safety's everything. Right. You would think. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> well, we have, you know, we have kids both in that college age and a couple high schoolers left. And you're right. It's it's overwhelming. And I think yeah. not to bombard kids with information, but I feel like there's so many opportunities and things out there that people do that is a job that we don't even realize, you know. Yeah. And I think the more you can spread the word. I know, Ted, did you say you're doing presentation at UW-Platteville, one of the yep. universities in Wisconsin? So nice. I'm assuming there's safety. Yeah, we, we do quite a bit of work with the local high schools in our area also. There's some high schools oh, that, we're, that we're trying to get involved with. And, and we also, universities also, uh, as Barb was just saying, that next week I'm going to go speak at one of our local universities here in Wisconsin and be able to kind of tell them, you know, a little bit about safety, but also the, kind of the real world of safety. You know, it, it, yeah. uh, it, what are the good things? And there are some negative things, right, that every career has. And, and just trying to get them more motivated to really make sure they're making the right career choice because if you get somebody that goes through safety and doesn't care about safety at the end they were not the right spot right (laughs) yeah and it ends up hurting everybody so you know um kind of talking about interviewing and interviewing processes can you kind of tell us what you think of what the appropriate interview process would be and how do you know if a client is worth pursuing or wasting your time you know so you have somebody coming to you are they just wasting your time to see if they can get that better job or are they really serious about how do you really kind of identify that because i think i would assume that you would have probably a lot of that 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's really a for my job at least. It's a two part process. So it's um the when I say the client, I'm talking about the company that um, is hiring us to help them find talent, and then the candidate, of course, is a potential employee. Uh, I think it's difficult for my team to um, kind of determine on both ends when it's worth pursuing because we'll get clients who uh, aren't just or just not serious, or maybe the companies aren't as invested into the safety program as they say there are, <laughs> hence why the position is open in the first place. <laughs> so I think one thing that we've really seen as a trend is companies, if they're serious about hiring, they have to expedite the interview process. Of course, do your due diligence with you know any kind of technical screening that's necessary. But I had maybe two or three clients this year that had interview processes that were just incredibly outdated. One of them was having candidates interview up to seven times. And that is just, it's it's just not realistic for this climate. And it's not necessary. If you don't know after the first three interviews, if the candidate's the one for the job, then you should have waste the candidate's time and you shouldn't waste your own time. So I would say on the client side, speak to as many people at the company as possible. That's what we try to do. Make sure we have their buy-in and have a commitment from them of what the process is going to be like. And on the candidate side, make sure the candidate is communicating with us, uh, making sure that they're providing any resources that we ask them to provide from the beginning. And we're not chasing them to schedule an interview, chasing them to get a reference, you know, just that communication. And I know a lot of recruiters kind of have a bad reputation of not getting back to their candidates. But that's something that us at Shirley Parsons really try our best to get back to our candidates with feedback one way or the other. And we just kind of ask for that same respect from candidates to us because, you know, if we're putting you in front of one of our clients, then it benefits all of us for you to get that job. Like We are not going to lead you on just because it's fun for us. That It doesn't make sense from a business point of view. Have you seen more Zoom type interviews versus in-person type interviews? Has that really changed the change changed it too? Or do you think people are are yes. people getting job offers just through Zoom or are they actually meeting somebody and, and shaking hands? They are. They are getting offers just through Zoom. Um, but I still think that face-to-face interaction is really important. Um, I had a client who I think the candidate was in Florida. My client was in Minnesota. Oh, that's yeah, a big so difference. Pretty big, especially <laughs> even just from a cultural point of view. Uh, but they weren't too convinced or impressed with the candidate from the first two virtual interviews. They happened to be in the same city for a conference. So they met up for an in-person and informal one and they fell in love with the candidate. And now that candidate has been working with that company for two years. So that face-to-face is important. Is it always necessary. I've had some clients do the entire interview process remotely and then just have the candidate come out to meet people after they already have an offer. That has been efficient, but I would still probably recommend a face-to-face at some point prior to an offer stage. So if you have an offer and then they want to come out and you know you got the offer and then they come out, is that, let's say you meet that person, all of a sudden that person goes, I don't really think I like this person I just hired. Can they still get yeah. out of it? Or, you know, is that that kind of I that? mean, that's tricky. I haven't had that specific scenario happen. So they can give you an offer and rescind it. But that would be a difficult scenario uh, because if they, why didn't they like the person once they met them? You know, is it a question of discrimination? Um, You know, so it does get dicey at that point if an offer has already been signed by both parties. But again, I think I'm fortunate to not have experienced that exact scenario. 
And I'm sure it's not... That's just Ted Carew going crazy in his head. That's all. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, though. If you ask one of my colleagues, I'm sure someone has a, an example there. I can see with working, you know, like you said, with the companies and the potential hire, and there's a lot of different personalities. And I know you mentioned, you know, good communication. Everyone has a different style of communicating. So I would think, you know, for you, it's kind of your job to help, you know, form those relationships and connect people and help the communication flowing, you know, that's probably a big, a big part of what you need to do. That's yeah. basically it. Yeah. Being that middleman and understanding what the client wants, what type of personality works with them. And then I'm um, trying to coach the candidate on that. Uh, I always say that I don't try to make a good candidate out of a bad candidate, but if it's just some like interview prep that they need or um, maybe some advice on how they can better explain their accomplishments, then I'll do my best to uh, spend a little bit extra time to help them with that so they can showcase their expertise as much as possible. Do you have any advice for safety professionals that are listening that they are maybe not happy where they're at right now and they're looking for opportunities, but they're a little nervous with the interviewing, answering the questions and that kind of stuff. Do you have any place that they can possibly go to perhaps make themselves just a little bit better, tune up the answers and stuff like that? Absolutely. I would say give us a call. Um, you know, that's why we're here. We, I mean, whenever we speak to candidates, it's basically an informal interview. Anyway, we ask a lot of the same questions that an interviewer at a company would ask uh, to get a better understanding of their expertise, um, their challenges. What One of my favorite questions to ask is, what is your greatest achievement? So for us to get a good understanding of the candidate as a person and what they are looking for, and then seeing if what they're looking for matches up with any of our clients opportunities. Um, but we don't have like a formal interview um, or a resume program per se, but everyone at my company uh, is, you know, really available to candidates as a resource. So we kind of take it as a case-by-case -case basis. But if you wanted to just email me or connect with one of us on LinkedIn, then we would be able to help there. And also just give you some data, uh, market data about what we are seeing. And, yeah. you know, because sometimes the grass is greener, sometimes it's not. And right. we just, you know, <laughs> let, you know, having that honest conversation of maybe you think that things could be better, but you're actually, you know, either getting paid more, you have more flexibility. Everyone has different motivators. Well, it's kind of like that old saying, the best job you ever had is the one that you didn't get, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that is true. So this might be a silly question, but as far as candidates, do you, is there a percentage, like, I guess I pictured your company reaching out to people versus candidates reaching to you, or does it go both ways? It goes both ways because okay. Shirley Parsons does have pretty good brand recognition in mm -hmm. the industry. So we get a lot of applicants every day. And those are people just applying to positions that we have posted online. So those would be like the active candidates that are looking for sure to make a change. Okay. What the outreach that we do is more to passive candidates who maybe seem like they are happy where they're at. They're not looking. And then um, once we get them on the phone, we kind of get a better understanding of, you know, where things could be better and having, again, that honest conversation of, well, you explained your perfect or your dream job. I have something close to that. Would you consider a move? Kind of veering off a little bit, you know, working with people and, you know, forming relationships. I think it was mentioned in a previous conversation that this is important to you, but how do you integrate diversity, equity, and inclusion in what you do? 
great question. Um, it's something that I'm very passionate about, and we don't have an official program or process yet for that at my company. But first of all, um, DEI is something that is important from an internal and external perspective. So internally, we opened up our first employee resource group or DEI committee earlier this year, and we have been focused on just sharing different monthly resources for different cultural like identities or holidays uh, that or volunteer ideas even to get more involved with the community so that's something that has had a lot of uh, good recognition from employees internally we've had a lot more people want to get involved than I thought would uh, so that's been great but from an external point of view uh, we're just having conversations around that right now I know our HR team is going through some trainings and they are going to in turn train all of us. But just personally, I try to spend more time with candidates that maybe their resume looks a bit rough around the edges. Maybe they just haven't had the education of how to format a resume. That's like step one for us. That is really easy. We send a resume template to our candidates and ask them to format it that way and then provide some feedback there. Another way that I try to reach out to a more diverse candidate pool, and this is something that is backed by my company, is just joining different special interest groups. So uh, for example, with ASSP, we are quite involved with BISE subgroups group there, which is for the Black community in the safety field. And I'm also involved with HSP, which is for the Hispanic community in the safety field. So going to those networking events and finding people that maybe are not on LinkedIn and, you know, just making sure that we're helping them network their achievements as well. That sounds very exciting. Like you said, something kind of new for for your company, but yeah, it's and I think and it's new grow. for a lot of companies as well. Um, but it really is coming to the forefront. So yeah, just um, touching back about what you said about just helping people that might not have. I don't know, a good resource or knowledge of writing a resume or even interview skills. I think that is so many people nowadays, so many young people, because we were just talking on a personal note the other day about how we wish high schools, or at least in our area, that's what we have to gauge it, would teach kids more real life skills. Skills experiences, There's there's one (laughs) class that at our high school you have to take, it's like personal finance or econ. And our kids loved that. They learned so much from it. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with Shakespeare and such, but I just think I wish they would have, you know, even something like this. You can get it at the college level, but I think, you know, to have those resources like you provide, I mean, it's so important because I think a lot of people are lost, you know, so that's that's really just a, a great, a great service that you guys, you know, have. Yeah. And I think another thing that I try to do is spend more time to uh, find candidates that maybe don't have a completed degree yet, or maybe have an associate's and most job postings say at least a bachelor's and um, really advocating for those candidates if they have the right skill set that is needed. You know, like, could we help them get an additional certificate? Is there tuition reimbursement at the client? Uh, Because I think that is another community that gets overlooked a lot that shouldn't, I mean, especially in the safety field. A lot of people work their way up to safety from a manufacturing line and maybe they don't have a degree that doesn't discount them as a good candidate. That's very true. I know when um, I would hire safety professionals in my career, I didn't really care so much about what they knew about safety because if I can learn safety, anybody can learn safety. (laughs) But it's really about their passion 
for what they're doing, you know, yeah. and, and they're wanting to learn. To me, it's so much more important than uh, anything else. You know, it's really about that person than it is about really what they have. Absolutely. I think, too, off that note, there's so many different options right now for people to pursue a higher education or just a different education. And it doesn't, I mean, a four-year you know, degree is great and can be very you know, needed, but it's not the only way. And for you to kind of broaden that look and say, you know, you, you have a two-year associate and we can see that you want to learn and we'll give you the tools and to kind of realize that there's not just a one way to get to, you know, an end goal. I think that's very important, especially in today's world. There's just so many, there's really a lot of options to get somewhere nowadays. You just don't always know what those are. Exactly. Speaking of interview questions, I have one of the ones that pretty much are on every interview questions I think that there are. Uh, Jasmine, can you kind of tell me your biggest success? For myself? Yeah, your biggest success that you've had. And then also, you know, the other one that comes right after that, your biggest failure. Not that yeah. you have one. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> yeah. no, I think uh, I could kind of answer that question with the same example. And I would say it was about a year into working with Shirley Parsons. And I think, Ted, this is actually when you and I connected for the first time. I was working on a role for a president position uh, for an EHS consultancy in Northern California. Um, it was the first time I worked on an executive level position. And I honestly was not as prepared as I thought I was through that experience. So through that, I was able to help the company find some VP level executives. I was not successful in the president search. So I would say that was one of my biggest failures, just not really knowing how to speak to executives or maybe not knowing how to search for executives. You know, it was, I've learned a lot since then, but through that failure, I was able to help them with a lot of other positions that I wasn't initially looking for with them. Like I was looking for the president level and I was finding people that were just below that, but they were still good people. So they did end up hiring them. So yeah, I would say that that was a success and a failure together and definitely a learning moment. Well, I mean, to me, the most important thing is that we all fail, right? Right. And don't be scared to fail, number one. But number two, if it does, if you do fail, learn from it and get better and improve because that, that's, how, that's how I learn. I think that's pretty much how that's we how all we learn. all learn. Yeah. That's usually, you know, the, I think the failures stick with you the most and you learn the biggest lessons out of Absolutely. them. You know, if you kept succeeding and didn't have any bumps in the road, I feel like we wouldn't push ourselves as much either, maybe. So. Exactly. You'll just be coasting through life like right. that and be clearly not challenging yourself. No. Some days I won't mind doing that, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, exactly. great. Hey, everybody, this is Ted. You want to move your career along quicker? Allow me to be able to mentor you. Time for mentoring within a lot of our organizations is tough. Time is little. 97% of mentees say it is very valuable for their career to be mentored. It is a tough job that just doesn't have enough time for safety professionals sometimes. I have mentored over 100 safety professionals in my career, and we are the best at mentoring safety professionals because we understand the work. We have a simple three-step process to get you started. Go to healthandsafetynow.com, click on the black button in the top right corner, fill out the information, and submit. It is that easy, and we can get started tomorrow. Look forward to hearing from you.
Hey, Jasmine, thank you so much for being on TED Speaks today. Really enjoyed having you on there today. But now, me being the positive safety coach, we have to ask you a couple good jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, or just jokes. Well, they're good. They're good. Okay. Well, I have the first one. I okay. I, I told it to Ted, and he, he didn't get it. So we'll see if you get it. <laughs> but that didn't stop her by any means. No. <laughs> Why did Waldo go to therapy? Why? Because he needed to find himself. Find himself. Yeah. That so is you, good. you were close. That you almost good. got there. Where's Waldo? You remember second. those books? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, that's that's all right. Here, you can probably get this one then. What do you call a toothless panda? What do you call a toothless panda? I don't know. A gummy bear. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's not that good, but okay. <laughs> hey, Jasmine, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, contact you, how would they go about doing that? Absolutely. So I'm always on LinkedIn, uh, Jasmine San Nicholas, and my email address is jasmine.sandnicholas at shirleyparsons.com. Perfect. Yeah. And if you're out there looking, not too sure about your career currently, I would suggest getting a hold of Jasmine. She's an excellent job at finding opportunities for you and always good to network with, right? Absolutely. And I would welcome any conversations, even if you're on the fence and not sure if you're looking. One thing that I say on almost every single call is that we really do care about that long-term fit. So, you know, I, it's not uncommon for me to speak to someone and maybe find something for them six months down the line or a year down the line. So don't be afraid of a conversation. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to pull you out of your job right now and send you somewhere else. Well, that, that fence better be less than six feet too, by the way. <laughs> All right. Is that a, a Good safety one. One one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, yeah. thank you very much. And everybody have a super safe day. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to TED Speaks with Ted Carew, owner of Total Health and Safety Solutions, providing health and safety support to businesses by customizing a safety process to fit their needs, big or small. Please connect at ted.carew at healthandsafetynow.com or visit our website, healthandsafetynow.com to share your safety stories or find out more about how we can work together to ensure your people go home safely and turn an expense into a profit center. Follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Have a super safe week. 